We praise God for uh, their gifting today. If it is your custom that you stand for the word of God, I ask that you would do so. If not, I want to invite your intellect and summon your senses uh, to the book of 1 Corinthians. The book of 1 Corinthians. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. And it is there that the Holy Spirit has highlighted for us this context of Scripture beginning with verse number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse number 7. Your Bible should read, for I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit, but I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. I want to tag this text, Doors of Opportunity doors of opportunity. You may be seated in the Lord's church. Noted author H. Jackson Brown Jr. once said, nothing is more expensive than a missed opportunity. How many times, ladies and gentlemen, have you and I missed out on opportunities we did not maximize or take advantage of due to fear, due to relationships, or due to our own low sense of self-esteem? How much further in life could we all be had we taken advantage of some opportunities that were granted our way, but we miss those opportunities. And had we taken advantage of those opportunities, it may have brought us personal gain only to discover missing the opportunity was even more expensive. The good news about missing opportunities is that God will give you another chance. He will let another opportunity come around. But even if you missed the first opportunity, he's gracious and kind enough <clears throat> to present us with another opportunity to move forward, not only just in life from our perspective, but to move forward in his purposes and in his plans for our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the discipline discovered here in the discourse of 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And this was Paul's letter that he wrote to the church at Corinth during his third missionary journey. We read in Acts chapter 18 that Paul first visited Corinth during his second missionary journey he planted a church there in Corinth 
and left and went on to the mission that God had given him. During his third missionary journey, a group of persons caught up with him and brought to him a list of questions and concerns that the church at Corinth had for him. And at the close of this letter, he responded to those concerns through what you and I identify now as the book of 1 Corinthians. But he wrote this letter during the time of AD 55 while he was not in Corinth, he was in Ephesus. And he says something to them um, that they may have taken the wrong way, but he was very clear to tell them, I'm writing to you because I'm not coming to you because there has been an open and effectual door that has been opened to me here in Ephesus and I'm going to stay here and not come to you. I hope to possibly come to you at a later time, but there's been an opportunity that has been presented to me here that is operative, that is open, and that is outstanding that I need to walk through. In the meantime, let me write this letter to you that you may have reflections or a point of reference to uh, resolve any church issues or to resolve any theological issues you may have in your gathering. And from Paul's resolve, ladies and gentlemen, he teaches us this morning of how you and I can handle doors of opportunity that have been presented to us and I'm believing God that even before this week an opportunity will come your way and that this word will help you to handle that opportunity that comes your way. Here's what the text teaches us church is that when we first read this passage notice how Paul identified the opportunity. He labeled it as a door. This door in 1 Corinthians 16 is metaphoric. It is obviously not a literal door. It is a figurative door that whatever the opportunity was, he classified it as a door. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there are a couple things that, that helps us to understand something about this opportunity at the onset of this lesson. If it is figuratively a door that he labeled it, it teaches us one thing that we've got to learn. First of all, if it's a door, it's a portal of entrance and exit that whatever this opportunity is, is not only taking him in something, but it's bringing him out of something. It's a, it's a, it's a portal of both entrance and exit. It teaches us that when opportunities are coming your way, you can't just look forward to what you're going into. But every opportunity is pulling you out of something and shifting you in to something. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's a word for somebody in here because that already tells us that you're going to have to deal with leaving something when opportunity comes your way. You, you can't have it all the same. You can't go where you're going and stay where you're staying. I wish I had two people in here that would testify that whenever opportunity comes your way, you're going to have to embrace the fact that you're going to have to leave out of something and move in to something else. But a door is not just a portal of access. A door, ladies and gentlemen, is a definitive boundary of space and dimension. That in any building, when you look around this building, whenever you go through a door, you're walking into a different definition of space. You came through the front door, that was the lobby. You came through another door, that was the sanctuary. I came through that door, and there was office space. Went through another door, there was the bathroom. Went through another door, there was the garage. Everywhere there is a door, it means that you're shifting into another dimension. I wish I had a church here. Uh, uh, and when you walk through a door, a door itself is a definitive border that you're moving into a different space. Now, you will notice, ladies and gentlemen, that when you go through certain doors, everybody can't go with you. Because you're moving into a different dimension. You're moving into a different space. And every space you move into, that space has a certain function. It has a certain purpose to which everybody cannot access at the same time. I don't know who I'm preaching to in here this morning. But God is already preparing a door of opportunity. And you're going to have to learn to walk through it by your yourself that there is another purpose another space another function another work that you have to do as you shift from one door to the next it's access and it's space but when we look at this text ladies and gentlemen it is clear that this is a door of opportunity Paul is very clear to tell us that whatever this opportunity was, it was, watch what the text says, opened unto him. Now, if you've been by English class, and it is the same in the Greek etymology of this passage, the verb in this passage is in the passive voice, which means he is the object receiving the action and not the subject doing the action which means y'all he didn't open the door it was opened unto him I thought I had some English people around here somewhere he did not open the door it was open unto him thus ladies and gentlemen this was not an opportunity he chased it was an opportunity that chased him. You see, church, there is a difference between opportunity and ambition. Ambition are those pursuits that are the result of your own preference. But opportunity is that which prefers you. Can I put it to you another way? Ambition is what you are chasing. 
but opportunity is what is chasing you and what this text tells us is that when opportunity comes your way you don't have to chase it you don't have to compromise your morals for it you don't have to sleep for it you don't have to sabotage for it you don't have to hurt somebody else for it you don't have to trap somebody else for it can i give it to you the churchy way what god has for me I thought y'all wanted, y'all got up early this morning, you might as well have church. It is for me when opportunity comes your way, it is not something that you got to chase, it is what is chasing you. It was open unto him. And we got to be careful, ladies and gentlemen, that we don't distinguish or equate opportunity with ambition. Some things you want, you're going after. That's ambition. Opportunity chases you, which therefore presents to us the first lesson of this passage is that when doors of opportunity come your way, they're designed to optimize your significance. They're designed to optimize your significance. Opportunities are actually compliments coming behind you that are going to give opportunity for the grace and goodness that is within you. Let me see if I can give it to you another way. Opportunities are chasing you because opportunities are going to expose the greatness that is in you. Don't know how to get happy. I said opportunities are chasing you because opportunities are going to expose the greatness that God has put in you. Still don't know how to get happy. Opportunities are chasing you because opportunities are going to expose the greatness that God is put in you. No, still don't know how to get happy. Opportunities are after you because opportunity has recognized that there's something on the inside of you that deserves to be exposed. Therefore, Doors of Opportunity Church teach us, watch this, that demand is chasing supply without supply having to make demands. Preaching here, Tolan Morgan. I said demand is chasing supply without supply having to make demands. When opportunity is behind you, opportunity has already uh, identified that you are the supply. And when you've already been identified as a supply, you don't always have to make demands. Opportunity is on your case to optimize your significance. But he says when opportunity is behind you, it doesn't just optimize your significance. Opportunity orders your stops. You got a Bible and can read it. Here's what Paul says to, to the people at Corinth. Uh, I'm going to stay in Ephesus until Pentecost because there's an effectual and open door before me. And as a result of the opportunity that's been set before me, I'm not coming to you. I'm going to try it again. He says, I got an opportunity in front of me right here in Ephesus. I'm going to stay here until that is done. And because I got an opportunity in front of me, I'm not coming to you. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me very closely. 
When opportunity is in front of you, you've got to decide who you're going to stay away from. Lord have mercy today. When opportunity is chasing you, there are some people you got to choose to stay away from. Simply put, when God puts an open door in front of you, you got to shut some other doors. Preach, Pastor Morgan. Because opportunity has to now dictate other areas of your life. When there is opportunity in front of you, you may have to close the door on some other areas of your life because therefore now opportunity has to dictate your direction. When opportunity is in front of you, it dictates your direction and, and it makes sure now you've got to be select about who you give yourself to, who you surround yourself around, who you, who you make yourself available to. He says, because I've got this opportunity, I've got to close this door on this side. Might I suggest to you today that open doors will call for you to close some doors. Open doors will call for you to make a decision about who you will not be around. He says, I'm not going to come around you right now because I've got an opportunity in front of me. And listen, y'all, did you notice in the text that we really don't know what the opportunity is? He just says it's an open opportunity, it's an operable opportunity, and it's outstanding. It's big, it's open, and it's active. We really don't know what the opportunity was because he just labeled it as a door you're going to get this in a second sometimes ladies and gentlemen when you get a big opportunity you got to learn how to be quiet he didn't tell us what it was he labeled it as a door in other words, there are some things that God is going to place in front of you that will demand your self-control because when you open your mouth and talk too much, you invite the enemy to sabotage it. So there are some opportunities you just got to close it as a door and not necessarily talk about exactly what it is. That's not hiding the opportunity. That's demonstrating good stewardship over what God has given you because sometimes when you open your mouth and talk too much and expose too much, you are sending an invitation to the enemy to sabotage what God has put in your place. And there's sometimes you got to have the opportunity and exercise self-control with it. And we never know what the opportunity was. He just labeled it as a door that demanded for him to close the door on some other things. It optimized his significance, but it also ordered his stops. I'm staying here in Ephesus because if I don't, then I'm going to be distracted from the opportunity trying to operate on someone else's agenda. He said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stay here and uh, allow my stop to be here in Ephesus. But then also the text teaches us, church, to optimize your significance and order your stops. 
But listen at the close of verse 9. I'm done. Listen at the close of verse 9. He says, it's an effectual opportunity here, and there are many adversaries. Did y'all read that? It's, it's in verse 9. He says, I got an opportunity, and there are many adversaries. I'm going to try it again. You're going to get this in a minute. Opportunity is in front of me, and I got some people who don't like it, who have postured and positioned themselves against the opportunity. Now, this text would have read better and we would have had a better chance to digest it if the text would have read, but there are many adversaries. But that's not what the text says. Let me upset your theology. Here's what the text says. I've got a bunch of opportunity. I've got a door in front of me, and there are many adversaries. Number one, my opportunity has gotten in the wind, and there are more people against me Lord have mercy to that. Then they are for me. Because the adversaries don't necessarily know me, they just don't like the fact that it's not them. I can't get no help here. And so they have risen up against me because the opportunity did not come to them. But let me upset you, good church people. The text says, and there are many adversaries. It would have been easier had it said but. But it says and. Can I tell you why that's a challenge for us theologically? Because the text is tailored to teach us, church, that this conjunction and suggests that opposition is in conjunction with opportunity. That wherever there is opportunity, there is opposition. I knew you wasn't going to like that. Uh, because you, you want to believe that just because God did it, that there will be no opposition. Can I upset you and tell you, the very time when there's opposition is when God does it. Because Satan doesn't like the fact that God loved you enough to give you something you don't deserve. And hell has to respond whenever heaven is moving. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. Opposition is a part of opportunity. But here's the problem. Opportunity came first. Lord, have mercy today. I said opportunity came first. Come here. The reason why this is a beautiful thing, because when you get an opportunity, here's my final point, it allows you the opportunity to overcome strife. Whenever opportunity is coming your way, you're getting ready to overcome some strife. It means there is somebody that's about to take an L because you're going to take the win. Somebody is about to go down who call themselves rising up against you because they're mad that favor is on your life. Come here, church. Can I tell you why opposition's not going to win? Y'all ready? Because he said the, op the open door was open unto him. Y'all missed it. He didn't say I opened it. 
He says it was open unto him. It is in the passive voice suggesting that divine providence has stuck his hand from heaven into the earth, opened a door and said, this is for Paul. And there is nothing nobody can do about it because Paul wasn't the one that opened the door. God was the one that opened the door. And if you can close a door, God can open. You got more power than God. But thanks be to God. He says to us in Revelations 3 and 9, Behold, I set before you an open door that no man can shut. I know it's too early, but just look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor that opportunity is all yours. There's nothing nobody can do about it. There's nothing nobody can do to stop it. There's nothing nobody can do to trap it up. If God opened the door, the opportunity is all yours. Good night, church. May the Lord God bless you real good. But I'm getting in my seat when I tell you, here's the real reason why you're going to win on the opportunity. Because if God opened the door, theologically, it's got to have something to do with Jesus. You don't know how to get happy. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 9, I am the door. Lord have mercy today. And, I, and if you come into me, you shall be saved going in and out. So therefore, if you try to shut down this door, we have figured out historically that the door won't stay closed. Because they tried to close the door one Friday on Calvary's hill but three days later they put a door in front of the door and the door got up with all power in his hand do I got anybody in here thankful that I got an open door in the Lord Jesus Christ he walks with me he talks with me he tells me that I'm his own